It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, right, this is Billy Sands. When I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show lions fans it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for the show where kool-aid runs blue faces turn red and rose-colored glasses never go out of style this is the detroit lions podcast your detroit lions and reddit connection and now the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 278. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my very, very good friend, almost a deep love, and co-host, The Riz. How you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, it is good to be with you for 278 that's a good number. Yes, number. yes, yes. Two seven eight. They, they get bigger. It's funny. They just never get smaller. Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot going on in the show today. Tons of training camp highlights. Uh, we got the twenty nine season rewatch recap from the Riz. That's going to be a good one. We want to talk about that. No fans in the stands, and we're sad. And so our season ticket holders. We're going to touch on that a little bit. We're going to take you around the division, and we are capped at an hour today. We got a hard stop, so we got a whole lot to pack in. Great show lined up. Riz, are you? ready to go my brother let's do it let's kick this off and break it down all right a couple of quick announcements first check us out help us out on the patreon special thanks to dylan from giggity go on <laughs> Of course, our very first donor, Mathis, Brian B., Brian Brookheiser from I Prevail, IPrevailBand.com, and uh, all the cats hanging out at Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Um, actually, that's not where they're hanging out, but that's where they started out. Get in there. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to all the behind-the-scenes goodies that we got going on, especially the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. It's now the most intelligent Pistons chat as well. And Tigers chat, baseball, college football. We added uh, hockey. We got the whole shebang in there. A uh, whole bunch of different channels in that chat. You get access to that. And I'm telling you guys, there's nothing like as something as simple as a dollar as a barrier to entry. Just pulls out all even the if, stupid. Even <laughs> if you don't like us, there's a lot of fun stuff going on in there. Yeah, it, it really is worth it. it. It's it's like the best of social media because there's a little paywall. Um, it keeps sort of the yutzes out. No, <laughs> no Russian bots, guaranteed. The yutzes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, you took me back to like. Oops. Let- 
<laughs> you took me back to like 1980-something. Uh, okay, let's see. <laughs> there are no yutzes. So head on over. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. A dollar a month is, is, is all you have to give. If you give a little more, we appreciate it. That helps the show, helps pay for all we're doing, and, and, and keeps us going and doing all the stuff we do. So join up there and get access to the great stuff and join the crew. We appreciate everyone who does that. Also, give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast. Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Mr. Risden. With 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 no pants. Again. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com. I might be hurrying here. Sorry, folks. Uh, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get your subscription in there. We appreciate all you folks who subscribe. We need those subscriptions. It helps us out. Thank you so much for those who do subscribe. Also, don't forget, we're doing fantasy football. Our draft is going to be on September 6th. Get in there. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's a little lighter, and I expected it with the, the COVID season, but... Don't let everything fool you. We're having football. Get in there. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Uh, win yourself some big bucks. We got uh, fourth places even getting T-shirts. Every, one third of the league is winning prizes. Get in there. It's a great time. A lot of fun. You play against Riz, me, Case, all the, all the crew. Also, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you find us. Five-star reviews. Please, please make sure you stick on those five stars. If you would give us less than five stars, we would ask that you join us over the subreddit and say, you bums, change this. This is what we want you to do instead because this show relies on your input to do what we do. And if we don't get your input, then we ain't changing. There you go. Call us via Skype. Uh, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-467. Leave us a message. Get a chance to hear yourself on the show. I think I got it done time. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. It's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And training camp is, of course, the big one. Um, evidently that's the, the football thing that's happening the most right now is, and holy cow, what a week it's been for not being there. I feel like I've, I've, I've got so much information. This is weird because I was very, very suspect early on about what we would get out of training camp with such a limited, uh, press group there, um, uh, such a limited yes. amount of takes. I was, you know, I had a number of ways that I could, if, if they'd have just called, I could have helped them out with making this more accessible to people <laughs> in the virtual world. I am your expert. I would help you do that. But, you know, they didn't call, whatever. Anyway, um, I thought it was going to be tough, but we've got a lot of really, really good info. And again, we Man. talk about this. We want to make sure we we credit those who are bringing the info because they are there every day and they're the ones with the, with the access. We want to give them the credit we they should deserve for being the ones there and doing the reporting. Uh, and we will along the way. I want to start, though. And I, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm going to let you go here in a second. I'll unleash, okay. unleash the it's feast one second. Um, we'll start out. Uh, this is a Schlitt article. You may know him. Eric uh, Schlitt, I believe, is his name. <laughs> I know that, dude. <laughs> a couple of people have heard of him. Um, more Hawkinson hype. Hawkinson hype. It's Hockamania time, baby. My edition. Uh, the safeties are getting frustrated at the frequency at which Hawkinson is winning. But they appreciate the competition, except Tracy Walkler, who got moved to the seconds there for a bit because Hawkinson was stepping all over him. Riz, let go. <laughs> Hawkinson is he's stepping up, baby. Yeah. Uh, he looks like we we've seen the pictures. We've seen the videos of him, you know, looking looking ripped and stacked and insert positive buff adjective here. Uh he looks physically great. He looks more mentally prepared for the rigors. I think he understands what he needed to do to get himself to be a better football player. I think some of that's on, on him for internalizing that. I also think that the lions did a very good job of sending him away with 
you need to work on this. Please do. He did. And um, I know they're happy. Um, even though I have not um, been in Allen Park, uh, I've been made aware that they are very pleased with the progress of Mr. Hawkinson. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, because he, look, he wasn't, he wasn't as bad last year as his numbers said. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, when we're, when we're going over the season review. But uh, the fact that he didn't get down on himself when he, because fans are tough on him, man. Um, it's, it's not Ebron, but it's, it's not it's a first not, round tight end in Detroit. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. You know, uh, people people were people hated him before he ever took the field, and he didn't really get a great chance to change that. And I think he, unlike Ebron, who you know just made it a this you know white whale that he was going to fight with all the time, or Pettigrew, who just simply didn't care. Uh, I think Hawkinson has in, internalized it very deeply, and like he wants to win people over. He wants to prove. That hey, I can be this good. I can I can make this pick work. Yeah, and uh, and it should because in this offense he's going to get opportunities, and there's nobody else at tight end who's going to take those opportunities away from him. That's that's one of the issues that the Lions have. Right. But yeah, he he's he's come back and been everything you can ask for him in in going into his second year. Does it mean it'll translate to the field? God, I hope so. I yeah. really do. We don't know it will, but. Well, that I, I, I'm very optimistic that the things that, that people like Eric and Chris Burke and Nick Baumgartner and, and Ben Raven are reporting on that he's doing are the exact things that he didn't do well last year. He's exploding out of breaks. He's doing things with the proper footwork at the proper time. His balance is there. His upper body strength, his ability to leverage off of somebody without pushing off is those are all things that he didn't do well last year. And he's doing them well in camp. Yep. That's that's. Nothing but positive there. Yeah, for sure. I want to really quick on the Pettigrew thing. I think he gets um, marginalized or beat up a little bit uh, because of his later career. Early on, he was a pretty good tight end. He caught, he caught 88 passes he, one year, did he not? Yes. Or, possibly even 90. He, he was really good until the first knee injury. Then he came back too early from that, and that was really the end of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I just, I, I, I hate, I hate, I mean, because most, a lot of people today didn't see the first part of his career. They only saw the end and then the Ebron right. thing, and they equate those things so closely together. together. Pettigrew doesn't deserve all the hate he gets. I, I really don't think he does. He was, no. he was just fine. Did, was he a first round talent? That's, you know, mm, you can, maybe. you can argue about tight ends maybe. in the first round, but he, he, early on, he was, he was just fine. Uh, you're right about Ebron. The thing about, uh, that that makes me worry a little bit about Hawk is that ankle injury and that it that it, it stuck around so long. Was he able to do that lower body work? Because blocking was one of the things he really needed to work on and improve yes. on. And you saw that in the rewatch. Um, yes. Was he able to work on that lower body? Was he able to really work on that block, blocking as a result of that injury? We'll see. But I'll yeah. tell you what, the fact that he can catch a ball like that, I, I, I don't want to say I don't care. I don't want to say I don't care because that's not that wouldn't be the case. That's completely untrue. But just his ability to catch a ball opens up so much more of the playbook and so opens up so much more of the offense for this team that I'm willing to have marginal increase in blocking to see a guy that can beat Tracy Walker, who by all all reports is really a dang good player on that field. Yeah, and and uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Tracy Walker had a very good day on Wednesday too. Um, he, he needed a little bit of a bounce back and he got it. Um, in reading Schlitz report today from, from being on the scene there, he had a couple of interceptions, had one very athletic one, uh, which is good to see. He is a star folks. He, he is, 
Um, and I wrote about this, and I'll, I'll, I'll shamelessly, shamelessly self-promote it right now, Chris, mm-hmm. for Lions Wire. Buda Baker just got paid the biggest contract in NFL history for a safety. I compared their second years in the NFL. Tracy Walker was better across the board um, and quite a bit better in PFF coverage grade. Uh, Buda is at the end, starting the beginning of his fourth year, so he's a year ahead on the clock. Um, if Tracy does what he did last year, he's going to get paid more than Buda Baker did. I'm just preparing people for that now. And that's not a bad thing. That means that the Lions have found themselves a great young safety, a playmaking young safety yep. who is a fixture and is exactly what you want your third round pick to become. Um, he, I, Again, just going back to the rewatch thing, he is so, so good at all the little things that, that things do show up. He was the lead team's leading tackler last year. Mm-hmm. He also does so many little things with nuance and coverage that help his teammates be better teammates too. He's he's really, really good, Chris. You know, talking <laughs> about Lions Wire, <clears throat> I think you really need to to work with Eric. Maybe you could do a Schlitt on the scene or on the scene scene with Schlitt, something like that. You, you get a good play with that because he's that could be a good column for him to really kind of highlight players and and make it as a repeatable thing. Anyway, uh, we'll move on from there. <clears throat> the Hawk, the Hawk, Hawkamania, Hawk, and we do have Hawkamania shirts, by the way, for sale in the. The oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Detroit Lions podcast and on the merch part there. We got some good stuff for you, but we got some fun stuff over there. If you like your shirts, uh, there's an FTP shirt, some other stuff, too. But that wasn't that wasn't a scheduled commercial break. So you got you got one for free. <laughs> <Bonus>. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Logan Stenberg. Um, he's in out there as the number two center and looking darn good. And it's and it's funny because it's no one challenges rag now. Right. No one challenges right Uh right. <laughs> You just you just don't. Um, holy cow. Stenberg is absolutely 100 percent the number two center. And then we got some great video this week from the Lions of Hank Fraley doing uh, doing his coaching thing. And I, I just I throw back to what we saw at the Senior Bowl Riz. And we I, I mean, we were all light, you know, with with stars in our eyes and like twinkles and looking at each other over the dinner table talking about him. Fraley is freaking Fraley's- Awesome. Fraley's the dude. Man. Oh he's my a, God. He's a really, really good coach. The Very Lions are blessed to have him yes. after the off- offense. Uh, because I think he was a pretty good coach too, but the O-line coaches that preceded them, not so much. And the fact that Fraley is out there, the fact that he did it in the NFL, I think means something. I think that's one of those position groups where you kind of have to have that experience to really have the credibility. Um, and that's, you know, he's not afraid to get out there and, and like show he was he was an NFL center and a good one for a long time. He's not afraid to show Senberg like, OK, this is where your hand needs to be and like actually go out there and you know, do it. That's that's not something a lot of guys can do. And he can do it with that. And he's it's a very exciting thing. And props to the Lions, by the way, for releasing that video. There are a lot of teams that are a little paranoid right now. Yep. FTP being foremost among those. Yep. Um, I know we talked a little bit about the Stenberg thing last week. Um, just to update it. Every report that I've seen has been that he's been much better at snapping the ball. He's starting to get it. That's that's good. Um, and and I will reiterate what what you case and I talked about last week. The fact that he's there it shows that there's long term vision along the front. It also shows that maybe just maybe the rotation might stop for a little bit or well, not be as as impactful. And it talks about that depth that we never had before. Um. It's 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 absolutely crazy. Um, the fact that that we can get a guy who's a fourth round pick instead of going to um, uh, Leo Koloa Matangi, who had a great name but wasn't 
all that good at Didn't football. Didn't live up to it. <laughs> um, he, he was backup center for a couple of years. I don't think people really realize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, 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 the guys who were the backup offensive linemen in Detroit were not NFL caliber players for a long time. And regardless of your thoughts about the guard rotation, the fact that Ode Ibushi has started in playoff games, um, the fact that Kenny Wiggins is not nearly as awful as you've been led to believe by by 971 people. Yep. Um, he's there's depth there, guys. Not so great a tackle, but uh, inside, anyways. I mean, they theoretically. It's weird this year talking about cuts and claiming because they're going to be able to stash people on the protected practice squad and the practice squad is bigger. So you're not going to see a whole lot of movement on that front. Mm -hmm. But this would be a year where a guy, um, well, Josh Garnett actually did get picked up after he got cut. So that that, that sort of proves it right there. Caleb Beninock is probably going to wind up somewhere else too. Um, And he got cut and didn't really have a shot in Detroit. That that sort of tells you the accumulation of talent that they've had along the offensive line. Yeah. And so Glasgow, Wes, you asked a great question about him. Absolutely. But you didn't see him come out. Well, as a, as a rookie, you didn't see him. He had a weird snap. It was There were some question marks around that. He, he wasn't what you get in Stenberg. Glasgow was great. Don't get me wrong. But he was a guard. He was a guard first, really. And we had we played yes, some things was. around. Uh, when when Ragnow came in his first year, they just didn't trust him, right? I think right. they should have. I, 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 I disagreed with that. I was I was very much open about that on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ragnow should have been center from the beginning. But whatever. Okay. So yes. Um, Stenberg at, at center. One of the things that he has issues with um, when he's the guard is that he's too over aggressive. You can't be that over aggressive when you're at center because you actually have to physically snap the ball and the guy is going to get to you a little bit. He gets in trouble when he fires out off the line and he doesn't move his feet and he overextends. Then he clutches and grabs. That's that was a big knock on him coming out of Kentucky. And it showed very, very evidently on film. When you move him to center, that sort of takes some of that problem away. Now, he, he still plays too top-heavy. He's got to learn to, to sink his butt, sink his weight down, um, and absorb contacts instead of just trying to dole it out. But uh, I, I support the move. And I wasn't a huge fan of his when they drafted him, as you know. Uh, but I, it seems like they're finding ways to make, make use of what he does well. Uh, There's a that, plan. That's an important distinction. Rather than just trying to figure out what a guy doesn't do, mm-hmm. Um, figuring out what a guy does well and asking him to do it a lot. That's, that's what good teams do. Yep. And like you said, there was a plan, obviously Stenberg came in and there was a plan for him when he came in and it right. looks like he's right. living up to that plan. Love that. I love that. I'm, I'm telling you, I just think we're seeing a lot of maturity out of our coach and our GM and growth. Um, it's, this is what I expect. And it's obviously it's hard during the early years with these guys when they're in their first GM spot, their first head coaching position. You know you're hiring a rookie. You know there's a learning curve. How much patience does a fan base have? There's no games under our belt this year. So, you know, it's obviously too early to evaluate. But it's just great to see what these guys are putting together and that there's real solid thinking behind it. And we're starting to see it come to fruition. It just, it just feels real good as a fan to finally be able to see that happen. Yeah. It, it's not the early Mayhew years when they were signing everybody who had a name who got cut from other teams. By the way, the fans loved that. Um, yeah. And and you know, okay, well, oh, this guy this guy started two games in Jacksonville last year. Oh, he's probably better than what we've got, so let's just sign him. And well, he doesn't really fit what you're trying to do. That doesn't matter. He's a name. He's a body. We experience yeah. this. This this regime does not do that to their credit, and I'm very pleased about that. Yeah. Let me. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna call. 
the Lions and see if we can get Fraley next week for a, for an interview. He's oh, he's he's awesome. such a good good coach. I mean, I I it was like I warmed up to him. It's like dad at Senior Bowl, right? He's just yeah. got that kind of personality out there, right? He, he is good so good with these kids and these and and these guys, right? He's just so good out there. Really, really impressive dude. And uh, wanna, I want I want to see him. I want to I, I want to talk to him. He's he's a really good. Guy. Let's see what we can do about that. All right, uh, we got to move on again. I'm going to move along kind of quicker this week, guys, because we got a uh, we got a hard stop here. We got to make sure we get done. So let's talk about yeah. Jonah Jackson, starting right guard. Um, are are you okay there? Are we done? S- starting right guard. Period. End of sentence. Fien. He is the starting right guard for the 2020, 2020, 2020. Yeah. That sounds weird. He is the starting right guard for the Detroit Lions this year. You should be used to it. It's August, man. <laughs> Damn it, it is. It's almost September. <laughs> I was trying to give you a month here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is the starting right guard, and he's looked good. Another, I taking, mean, great taking pick. For every first round, not every first team rep, but most first team reps every day. Um, Patricia sort of hedged at the beginning. Oh, it's just a rotation. Well, the rotation stops with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're getting great news. I mean, I, I see um, Brandon in there. He's talking about this is the the first OL he feels like he's seen in the Lions since Billy Sims played, right? I mean, Barry was so great. Can you imagine Barry with – we talked about this back in the – Barry with Dallas's line in that day. He would have oh, he would have been a four-million-yard rusher, right? I with, mean, with Larry Allen and Nate Newton. Wow. And, uh, wow. God, who was their center? They They, they were loaded. It's weird yeah. that they're still loaded at offensive line and still have problems. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. They don't have Barry. That's why. <laughs> All right. So uh, good on Jonah. Would love to hear. Love to see. Yes. Good stuff. He, he is getting rave reviews from everybody, including the Michigan people. Remember, he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah. The Michigan people who cover the Lions are really infatuated with him, too. That says something because a couple of those guys are not above holding it against him for being a Buckeye. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a young team, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will talk about also somebody else who's a big surprise. Um, and this this changes the calculus a little bit. Um, you've got Spiro Agnew. <laughs> I love that joke, Jamal Agnew, out there on the. Uh, I didn't know if I should pull it off or not. Um, that's for that's for Brandon and older out on the. Uh, <laughs> yes, the you're podcast. skewing old yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, Jamal Agnew out there playing wide receiver and impressing everybody. Justin Coleman, everybody. And, of course, Justin uses it as a way to to say how great the DBs are, right? <laughs> uses uh, Agnew's success. But, so oh, my God, um, he's out there, and he's just looking really, really good and is going to force these coaches and this team to make some real decisions, isn't he? And I'm surprised. I, I'm pleasantly surprised. And we, we we had I talked. We did this reaction before the show. I am pleasantly surprised at it. I know I've been hard on Agnew, and I didn't. I didn't think this was going to work. He's making me making me look bad, man. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> if if he can do the JD McKissick role last year, and and remember McKissick was a wide receiver in college that they moved him to running back, um, as the Riddick was before him. If he can fill that that Riddick McKissick role, that's open. Yeah. Um, th- that got used a lot, a lot more than I thought it did. Uh, and, and there's, there's method to the madness with it because that is something that you work in conjunction with Hawkinson working on the inside and having a big body. Then you have the fast little white guy who can run around and, and, you know, it, it forces switches, it forces coverage. It changes the D de- it's dictating to the defense 
exactly. what the defense has to do rather than the, the offense just reacting to the defense. And all of a sudden something that I think Daryl Bevel has been guilty of a little too much. And all of a sudden, Marvin and Kenny have to be covered. And it creates a whole right. different dynamic. You know, all levels. You look at our running back core right now, as long as, you know, our boys are healthy. I didn't hear how bad uh, DeAndre Swift's injury was. I'm hoping it's not too bad. I've heard that he would he would be able to play this weekend if needed. There you go. So that's all I heard. Though. The I, running again, back that's room. Not from inside the building. But. The, the running back room looking really strong, right? You think about yes. Hawkinson. You talk about Agnew. You talk about I keep I want to say Spiro. You talk you about yeah, <laughs> Cephas. You talk about Amendola. You talk yeah, you about know, I mean, wow. Cephas is impressing too. The yeah. fact that he is catching everything that's thrown near him, we sort of expected that. Now you got uh, the short the, pass. You got the run. You got the middle of the field. You got your 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 slot routes. And then oh, by the way, you got Marvin and Kenny out there just doing their fun, you know going for a walk down the sidelines. Right. This yep. this is exactly what you said, Riz. This is dictating to the defense what they need to do. And if you're an offense that can do that, that changes. I mean, look, that changes I, so much. Look at, look at the Tennessee Titans last year. Uh, another Patriot way team. The fact that they had a wide receiver in AJ Brown, who could, who could force coverages to, to react um, in a way that Corey Davis never was able to yep. that paired with their power run game that paired with their really powerful offensive line up front and a pair with a smart, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Look what it did for him. And imagine um, it with with Matthew Stafford instead. And sta- I, I don't think anybody <laughs> would argue that that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. <laughs> he's not a better quarterback than Matthew no, Stafford. Which is, no, okay. he's not. I heard that wrong. I thought anyone would, would argue that he no, is. No, no. <laughs> well, like, maybe Riz, I did say it wrong. I'm, I'm, Riz is on drugs. All yeah, right, yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's August. He still doesn't know how to say 2020. Don't worry about it. No, yeah, Matthew Stafford uh, running that offense. I think what we have with our offense right now is that kind of situation with a much, much better quarterback. So that's great. Um, in in the, some of the most important news at camp, the stuff that people are really, really looking out for, um, Matt Prater, midseason form out there, um, hitting hitting balls like crazy, not missing, just nailing it. 55-yarder is an example that would have been good from 65. Uh, a lot nope. of two-minute drills, hustle on the field, hit it. Now go hit it again. I mean, they, he's just been he's just been doing all the things that Prater does, and that's just and doing it, doing it again with a new holder. Sam Martin isn't there good anymore. Point. Good point. Good point. Good. good so good point. Uh, that that's a good sign. Yep. They had the competition between the punters, Aussie size versus USA. Had him chanting USA, USA on uh, <laughs> side pause side. Right. Um, un- unfortunately, oh Team USA didn't win that, but that's okay. Right. That's okay. Uh, good stuff. A lot of camaraderie. I think that leads kind of to to something that happened yesterday that that, that we want to cover. Um, yes. The team canceled practice, and. Um, it was from the Jacob, um, Jacob Blake, right? Right. Blake, yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Was, in, the, the, the African-American man who was shot in Kenosha yep. um, seven times in the back as he tried to get into his car. Yeah. Um, the team canceled practice. I don't think it was the coaches. I don't think it was the players. I think they all worked together as a team and came to the conclusion they're canceling practice to kind of think about that and remember that. Um, we, you know, we actively avoid political conversations here. We've told you that forever. We, we do, though, cover the Lions. So kind of the conversation here where I want to talk about is how well this, how good of a move this was for the team and, and particularly for Matt Patricia, because you have a group yeah. of guys who, you know, there was a real rift. If you listen to Slay or you listen to uh, Diggs, and, you know, and so on between the, the yeah. seasons and the letting them go and all that, um, this was a coach 
and, and whether he wanted to do this or not, right? And I don't know. I imagine he did because he's. I, I've we've met him. We've talked to him in person. Matt Patricia has a heart the size of a lion, right? He is. He is a big hearted dude who's got a hard yes. job to do, and and has tried to find his his voice and the way he does that as a rookie coach over the years. To, for him to work with the team and that cohesion that they got, that one day of missed practice is not going to make or break this team, but the the dynamic that was created of them standing together and doing that is something. And I'm going to take a Stafford quote and hand it off to you, uh, Riz. Stafford said, it's been a lot of days in my life. I've been proud to be a Detroit Lion. I'm sure there's other ones too, but but probably never more of an offseason or, or of a day than today that I've been proud to be a part of this team. And that says a lot about the cohesion and, and, and the way these men work together. And that's one of the things I think that's been missing for for the last couple of years. And God, to see that click as we talk about with the offense, this, with these players, yeah. this is big. This is a big step forward for this group of men. This is really it, something you saw, uh, you saw leadership and you saw leadership that, was receptive to one another and the players that, that are looking to the leaders were all bought in in lockstep. That doesn't happen in Detroit on previous Lions teams. Yep. Uh, that doesn't happen last year. The, the, the way that Deron Harmon was one of the first guys to get up and speak and the respect that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally was, was more moved. Um, t- the way Taylor Decker approached it, and he has great quotes, and I would encourage you to check out Chris Burke at The That's Athletic. Awesome. He, yeah. he asked the question, so I'll give Chris credit for that. Um, uh, on the, the reaction that he evinced from, from Taylor Decker, I think it was, it was very poignant and powerful, um, especially if you're a white person who grew up not around a lot of black people. Um, which I think is applicable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought his perspective on it was great. And I thought that the way that, that it was so obvious that the team was all together, that's going to pay dividends. When, when, when bad times hit this team, they're not going to fracture. You're not going to see you know, the defensive backs over here and the wide receivers over here and the offensive line over here all, all in their little clicks you know, chirping at one another. This is this is a team that came together, and you have to give Patricia credit. He did not have to let that happen. No. Um, I I I won't say that he organized it, but in, in listening to the Zoom with him and and listening to the players talk about it, he was clearly actively involved in what happened. Um, he did not come up with the idea, but he certainly was very receptive to it and didn't just like wasn't like a permissive father, but he was like, yeah, okay, I'm 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 going with you on this. You know, what do you, what do you need from me to do to help you do that? That is a very different Matt Patricia than we saw two years ago. It's a very different one than I than we saw last year riding around on the golf cart yelling at people with those bullhorn. This he he quote unquote gets it from a player perspective now. Now, did it take some some painful bloodletting of some players that had some talent to leave the, the room? Yeah, it did. Uh and and I I'm still trying to reconcile that, honestly. Yep. But what we saw yesterday was a coach who understood the pulse of his team very, very well. And that is not something you would ever, ever say about any Bill Belichick disciple, including Belichick himself, by the way. Right. That would not happen in New England. That certainly wouldn't happen in Houston with, with Bill O'Brien. It would not have happened with <laughs> Nick Saban in Alabama or when he was at Miami. Right. Uh, the the fact that that he was so involved in it and so enthusiastic about it 
that's a very different map, Patricia. And, and again, we don't know that it's going to work long term. But what we've seen from when, when you and I met him in Mobile this year and, and sat with him and talked to him and ate wings with him and, and talked to Hooters girls with him. Um, we just talked. We didn't look. It's, it's, yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> Is that the right uh, answer? <laughs> it's, it's really hard not to appreciate how much better of a coach he is now. Um, again, will that will that save him long term? No, because if the team doesn't win, it's not going to matter. But from a from a standpoint of comfort in terms of what you and I see and what what the guys who are in Allen Park see all the time, it's God. It's we just wish this guy would have been there earlier because yeah. it's really easy to embrace the Matt Patricia that we see now. Yep. And and yesterday Tuesday was a great example of of an organization coalescing around its coach. And by the way, you got to give. The entire organization credit. They were in lockstep from the top down. They let their social media people do what they wanted to do. Yep. They let their they let their um, um, Amon Reynolds, who's their media contact person, do what he wanted to do. Um, and and uh, not everybody's going to like it. And they were aware of that, and they didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know that's we're not going to debate the merits of that. But I just you and I both thought it was important to, to highlight how much of a team bonding. It was, and that they're bonding over something that's so critically important to them, and something that's going to last with them. It's something that will keep them together. It's not. It's not taking a day off to go bowling. No, no. This is the this, thing that changes them different. who they are, right? right. It, it talks right. and speaks to who they are as people and what they stand for as people. And again, the, the politics of it aside, this is a great, great thing for the team and the players in this team. And if you're here for football, this is the kind of thing that helps a football team play more cohesively. You won't, you should see less of the. You're going to, you're going to see a lot more of guys blaming other guys. You know what? I got my brother's back here. You're going to see a lot of that this year that hasn't been there in the past. And that, that comes from what happened yesterday. And that, that is very important from a football standpoint. Yep. All right. From the chat, um, Steve, O. I think Prince, the wide receiver coach is solid. Yeah. That guy, uh, we, we interviewed him at the senior bowl and he, he's, he is a tough as nails guy. That guy eats rusty nails for breakfast. I swear to God, but he's, he's great. He was nice as could be. He was forthright. He told us right then that Travis Fulgham had no place on the team. Yep. He was right. Yep. Yeah, he he didn't lie to us. Nope. Nope. He sure didn't. Uh, so, so really interesting. He talked about Calvin and it's funny. I'll tell you guys the story. I have the, I have the picture. I can't share it because my, my guy who's over there at Georgia Tech, uh, got in trouble for taking pictures of the recovery room already. Uh, it's what happens when you're fresh when you do dumb things, right? Um, they had a team conversation <laughs> yes, yes. with Calvin and he said it was one of the most motivational things he's ever seen. It was a Zoom call. Calvin called, talked to the team, and I was just How like, awesome this is that? really, really cool. So uh, good stuff. I, more to come on that. We'll just talk about how that goes as Very time cool. goes on. But um, Ron Prince talked about Calvin and his effect on the wide receivers room even after he was gone. So you can see how you know him visiting the Georgia guys like that via Zoom is a, is a good deal, uh, Georgia Tech guys. Um I'm gonna call Eamon, you Just get ready. I'm calling because we want to talk to Robert Prince again, right? <laughs> Let's, we yes. just we just need to talk to him because there's a lot going on. All right, so that's Steve O's. Um, the other thing, let me see really quick. Huntley gonna win the McKissick role. Uh, I wouldn't count Maybe. Huntley out just yet. That he got he got a little dinged up. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you this much: we did a draft on an inside. Um, yeah, he he got a little dinged up. Uh, him and Swift were both out, but he's he's now yeah. back back um not on the he got some uh punt return reps today yeah and i i picked him up in we have an insider dynasty league in the slack that we just started this year um and i picked him up it was a late round pick 
But, you know, you, you think two years, three years from now, and maybe this year, depending on injuries, right? This guy, he could see some ball time. And he looked, I mean, you look at his film, he, he has a lot of talent. If that translates to the NFL, he's going to be a really, really interesting guy to watch. So I am in on Huntley. I don't know what kind of role he's going to have this year. Uh, I wouldn't. If it's too big, I would be worried about the rest of the running back room and what's going on, to be honest with Agreed. you. But over the, over the long haul, this kid might just turn into something. So he's definitely worth yeah. a flyer. I, I would not expect to see him much on the field this year unless a lot of people ahead of him get injured, specifically Ty Johnson and on Johnson, because yep. he's behind both of them clearly. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, hopefully you, they can both stay healthy. <laughs> you, Yeah, Ty Johnson looked great. He's 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 again. There's some. You, you, we'll talk about that. He's a good football player. We'll I don't. I don't get why people sleep on him so we'll much. Talk he's, about he's that. Good guy. Good yep. good player. As a matter of fact, let's get the rewatch right after this. Uh, fantasy football. I was talking about that. That's on the menu this year, folks. Um, a lot of places. A lot of folks get worried about the COVID. No football. Whatever. You've our, our draft is on September sixth. You are running out of time to join our fantasy football leagues this year. We have multiple leagues, and we'll continue to increase the number of leagues based on how many people come in. I expected it to be a little bit light. We're a little bit lighter than I thought. Uh, again, this is uh, our, our biggest fundraiser of the year. It helps us fund all the stuff, the servers, and everything else that we do. Um, if you can and you want to play some football, it's a great time. Like I said, the top four, one third of every league wins prizes. Um, yeah, even I got a shot. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's money. Um, it's it's not. We've got inexpensive to uh, the top league is fifty bucks to get into. Fifty percent goes to the show. The other fifty percent gets distributed in prizes. It's a great time, a lot of fun, and and we appreciate everyone who joins us and plays uh, and helps us out this way. It's it's another thing that we're thinking of. You know, we always try to think of a way that when we do these little ads. How how can we make sure that people are getting something out of it? We don't just straight, you know, shill for something that, that isn't going to benefit you. And it's not something we believe in. You know, fantasy football is great. We love it. This is a good one. So fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you're interested in playing, like I said, there's some cheap leagues. We even have a $5 pick them league that you it'll keep you busy every week, having a little fun. And uh, that's a big, pot I like win. those. That's a big pot win there. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Sign up. Um, like I said, it's a lot of fun. We, we'd love to have you aboard and, uh, and join us. All right. I want to talk about this. This uh, you got this out this last week. Uh, it got posted twice in the subreddit. The second one got downvoted because they're like, "Didn't we already already talk about this?" But uh, you did a wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> you did a wrap up of your rewatch of the 2019 season, and let's just right off the top, okay? I want to commend you for taking the painful road here, the hard road, and <laughs> watching it a second time after already knowing the outcome. Right. Um, you went through it and you did a great job analyzing game Thank by you. game players. And it, it, we'll talk about Ty Johnson as part of this. It was something that I think a lot of people could learn from. You did a great, great wrap up by our article, lionswired.usatoday.com. Uh, go over there. Get that's the first Please. place to go for Lions news. Don't <laughs> don't even fool. You know how we're critical. We're critical. And, and, and Riz knows I give him shit when he does something I, I, I don't agree with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have the text to prove it. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're, they got the best Lions coverage out there. Straight up. If Go there. First, and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. And that's getting more and more important these days. But OK. Yes, let's, yes, talk about this, let's talk about this 2019 rewatch. Um, this was really, really good. The Ty Johnson thing still sticks in my head. Maybe, maybe I'm leading off with one you don't want to lead off with. No, that's that's fine wow. because I think it was it was something that a lot of people reacted to. I declared him the best running back on the Detroit Lions last season. Oh and my he god, was. it is Sir Mix a lot booty thick. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneak it in. He, I, I never get tired of Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm singing swaths in my head now for those of you who know, know the Sir Mix-a-Lot catalog very well. Oh, man. Uh, he, he, I, I don't think he got the appreciation that, that he was deserved because he, he wasn't supposed to be this great guy. Uh, and I think when Bo Scarborough came in and did what he did and Bo had a good run, uh, I think that took again away from, from what Ty did. Everybody was so gung-ho at this point last year on what carry-on could do. And when he went down, I think a lot of people got very frustrated. But then the fact that Ty Johnson was was demonstrably better than carry-on was last year at both running the football and in the passing game, that really stood out to me. Um, one of the things that I tried to do when I, was, when I did this was to – ignore what I know and just go, what am I watching right now? Ignore the subcontext, ignore the fact that I you know, have interviewed a lot of these players that I know them, the, the fact that I know what's going to happen to them <laughs> down the road. Um, <laughs> the fact that, that what I'm saying might not be popular. Uh, uh, that's, I tried to strip all that out as best as I could. Uh, and I like to think I do a pretty good job of that. Um, I'm, I'm part Swiss and I lean on my neutrality very heavily um, especially in this day and time. It's an important attribute to me. And uh, seeing it, Ty Johnson's a really good running back. He deserves better than what the Lions did for him last year, and he deserves more recognition for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny because when, you know, Case was at his first training camp last year, he was, he was stoked. Ty Johnson was a guy that he was so, so stoked about. And it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And the season started, and it was like, we just didn't see him. We didn't get to see him enough to really, and the other guys. There was so much, and Bo showed up. Right, there was I mean, all this. They, that yeah, they brought in they, Paul Perkins and Wes Hills, and uh, there was somebody else in there too. Um, Paul Perkins was god awful, by the way. I'm glad that ended quickly. Yeah, Most yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Um. Okay. If you guys want, you can always hit the super chat too down there. That's that's always welcome. I think the lights are set up to go off. If you if you do, see how goofy it looks. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So what else did we learn from our rewatch? Is the the defense? You said that the defense was far better than everyone everyone said, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go to the linebackers on it because one of the things that I found was that they had good linebacking play. There's just never more than one of them playing good at any one time. There was a stretch from like, I think it was weeks nine through 13 where Jared Davis was legitimately really, really good. Um, He was terrible pretty much the entire rest of the season, but you saw glimpses there. You saw Christian Jones very early on in the season, the first four weeks of the year you understood in in rewatching it. Now I see why they gave this guy an extension when they did, he was playing really, really good football. It didn't last. But, you know, you it feels that like whenever they get the it. money, that's what happens. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd like to think not. Uh, you know, Devon Kennard was, was asked to do a lot more than than just rush the passer. Obviously, that's why he wasn't all that good at rushing the passer. Right. right. Um, th- that was the other big takeaway was was the and and I put this at the end in the coaching department, and, and I think this is important. And I've I've touched on this before. The success that they had in stymieing Philadelphia and Kansas City's offenses by not rushing the passer, sitting back in coverage, was the worst thing that happened. Matt Patricia read too much into it. He thought, "Oh my God, it, we 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 kept we we did not allow Patrick Mahomes to throw a touchdown against us." Carson Wentz had a brutal day. He wasn't helped by the fact that his receivers dropped. I think it was six passes. <laughs> but they, what they took out of that was, okay, we don't need to rush. We can sit back and do it. And teams figured out pretty quickly, okay, well, 
you're not going to rush. Okay. And my quarterback's good. We're going to be more aggressive down the field. We're going to design plays differently. And Patricia did not adapt to that. And that was a big failing on his part. And that was one of the big conclusions that I had was that they did themselves no favors when they really did themselves. No favors was when they put Will Harris in as the high safety instead of Quandre Diggs, or they moved Tracy Walker out of that spot. Uh, Will Harris was terrible folks. There's, there's no sugarcoating it. He was, he, he has no coverage instincts period. And I wrote that. And if you put him in front of me right now, I would say that to his face. He cannot understand what's happening in the passing game. He doesn't see it. Let me ask. I don't you, think. I don't think that's going to change either. Is that a function of the scheme and the complicatedness? Some of, of it is. Scheme, yes, because is he, he is asked again to do a lot. They asked him to be Quandre Diggs. Quandre had a, a a rough year. Keep in mind that he had a liter of blood drained from his injured hamstring as soon as he left town, right. and suddenly started playing really well. I think that might have had something to do with it. Uh, but ask. Quandry was a really smart guy. You, you can you cannot like a lot of things about him. He's a really high football IQ guy, and yeah. that showed in the way he played. Will Harris, I think, it's almost like he should be playing linebacker. He, he's got a lot of Jared Davis to him, quite honestly, and that he just doesn't see how plays are coming at him until they're at him already. Right. And then he relies on being a freak athlete, and he is a freak athlete. Don't get me wrong there. Yep. Uh, to, to react and, and adapt to it. And that just doesn't work in a Matt Patricia defense when you've got him, especially when you've got Jared Davis in front of him, who also doesn't really know what he's doing. So do you think, do you think hitting the books in the off season are what's going to give him? It will help. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm hopeful that they realize that he needs to play where Tracy Walker did most of the last season as that hybrid linebacker or the guy over the slot. He did play when, when, when tight ends flexed out and he wound up man covering them, he did okay. Um, it's the fact that he has to read the entire field and read different multiple receivers and and also read the quarterback and also pay that. And I don't think that's going to change. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that, that, that was an alarming thing out of that. But the other thing was, God, Tracy Walker, he's really, really good. Uh, and, and, you know, Justin Coleman, uh, to go back to him, another guy like Christian Jones, first four weeks of the season, we're like, oh, my God, we got a keeper here. Lions, Lions got themselves like, fine, they got a great slot corner. Well, teams figured out that, okay, if they're not rushing the passer, we don't have to really keep our slot guy in as a valve. We can run him deep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Coleman can't run with him. Um, that, that was a huge failing. So there was a lot of – I would say that the scheme let down the players more than the players let down the scheme. It was Ooh. one of the grand conclusions from it. Very, very interesting. That's I like that take. Not that I like the results of it, but I like I No, like the way I, don't, I don't like saying it, yeah, but that's, yeah. that, it no, was that's pretty clear excellent. that that – um, a couple other things that I, I will go to the offense for now. Um, I, I got a lot of beef with these people. Um, want, let me the, ask you one question before we go to the offense. I'm sorry. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Knowing the changes we've made on defense yes. in personnel. Yes. Are we going to be a better defense this year than last year? Definitely. And, and the New England imports, specifically Danny Shelton, will help a lot. Um, one of the things that I wrote, and I wrote very briefly at the beginning of this column, was that Mike Daniels, Damon Harrison, and Ashawn Robinson, not one of them played to the expectations that we wanted. And that's mm-hmm. all I wrote about it. Yeah. Um, and that had ripple effects on everything. I know Danny Shelton's game really well. I covered him in Cleveland. Um, I, I know what he can do. He is not the high ceiling that we saw from Snacks in 2018 when Snacks first got here, mm-hmm. but his floor is so much higher, so yeah. much higher than what we saw from Snacks last year. Yeah. Okay. Collins okay. can cover. He can, he, 
first off, the fact that Matt Patricia wanted him says a lot to me. Because they hated each other. They did not want in New England. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't like each other, right? No, no, blood. they did not. That wasn't good blood. It was bad blood. <laughs> yes. Um, and and the, the things that he does are a lot of the things that fans wish that Jared Davis did well. Yep, 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 yep. So Davis may be taking on a different role. He may find a role that makes him more well, valuable and, to this and team. Based on today's practice, he might not have a role because Jelani Tavai was the sole first team rep guy, and that might stick. Mm, there you wink, go. wink, nudge, nudge. There you go. All right, take us to the offense. Thank you for that. I appreciate the the extra kind of yeah, contract. Sure. Um, so one of the one of the big things that I noticed in retrospect and watching it back was how unaggressive the team was once they crossed midfield. And I do think that that's a Bevel issue more than it's a Patricia issue. They played for the 54-yard Matt Prater field goal way too much. And it directly, they lost the Dallas game because of it. They lost the Kansas City game yeah. because of it. Yeah. They nearly lost the Philadelphia game because of it. They they screwed up in Green Bay um, with that as well. That that was a game, again, I, I one of the games, it's escaping my mind right now, they were inside the opposing 40 on four different possessions, they did not get points out of it because they either, they, well, one of them was a missed field goal and the other three were punts. How much um, of that, I mean, how much can you attribute that kind of style to the injuries they faced, right? Matthew Stafford, okay, when they were yeah. there, they were really hitting it hard, right? They were going up, down the field, all over. They didn't seem afraid to do anything. But as the as the, the guys went down and the season wore on, it felt right. like they got really boxed in as to what they, they did. Um, and I, and some of that was certainly with David Blau at quarterback, and I understand that. Um, you're going to trust Matt Prater to kick a 54-yard field goal more than you're going to trust David Blau on third and eight from his own from the opposing 38. I get that. Sorry, Wisco. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I like David Blau. I, I had nice things to say about David Blau. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. Um, Until just now. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, that frustrated me. The other thing was, and, and the more I watched, the more I loved Marvin Jones. We are blessed with Marvin Jones. He is so, so good. It's not this just is the, the guy cakes, who is, is not it? the most physically dynamic receiver in the league. Damn, he's good at what he does. His store should be called more than bunt cakes <laughs> instead of nothing but cakes because oh, he brings it all. Oh, I could, I'd, I'd kill right now for a lemon bunt cake from oh, there. Oh, God. that's so good. It's coming up. Oh, my wife's probably watching, but she probably knows. It's her birthday coming up here shortly. It's going to be nothing but cake time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Once a year, it's the indulgence. Um, yeah. So, so I was pleased with that. I was pleased with Hawkinson. Hawkinson was let down by the offense more than he let down the offense offense to go to go back to that theme for a second Jeff Driscoll I'm, I'm not sure that he knew that that TJ Hawkinson was ever on the field that was a lost three weeks yeah. and and the Jeff Driscoll experience was something that when I watched it when I watched it in real time I was excited by it it's like okay this guy's making stuff happen he was so awful at sticking to the play and letting plays develop and going through his reads um, that it really it, it it ruined the offense he made the offensive line look terrible um, that was a lot more on him than it was on on the offensive line. Right. Uh, that was rough. So so when Blau came in and started executing the plays, I think you saw a little bit more. Um, he had a good run uh, in a couple of games. He was open downfield a lot more than he got thrown the ball. Hawkinson was, and that was something that I noted when they put linebackers on him. Linebackers could not stay with him down the seam. That's gonna that's gonna have a lot more correlation this year with Matthew, with with nine throwing the ball to him, mm-hmm. and I'm happy about that. All right. 
Right. Um, I got I got to be negative a little bit. Kenny Galladay wasn't a great year. <laughs> great year. I don't think he can do it again. To be honest with you, I really don't. Really, I I think I think the receiving the receptions will be there. I'm not sure that the yardage will be there, and I I would be flabbergasted if he gets double digits and touchdowns again. Well, there's a lot so more targets of for what Stafford did, too, though. I mean, to be fair, he's fighting yeah. a, a career year plus. It's gonna, the ball's got so many more places to go. Right, right. Um, but I I would say that if you are arguing that he is a top ten receiver in the league, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Right. I'm going to tell you flat out, Marvin Jones is a much better all around wide receiver than Kenny Galladay. And is much more valuable to the Detroit Lions in 2020 than Kenny Galladay is because of all the things that he can do. Galladay is exceptional at getting the ball when it's in the air. But before the ball is in the air, he's not good, folks. And I, one of the things that came up was he's a lackadaisical blocker at best. There are times when he will really get into it. But there are a lot of times where he's just standing there dancing with this guy. He's not putting his butt into it. He's, he's not really trying all that hard with it. And that was frustrating to watch. There were several, several Stafford sacks where he's looking for Galladay on the field. And because he's not open, Stafford is getting sacked. That, 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 that was that is plain as day to see on game film. I have, so I will caution you to pump the brakes on this. Kenny Galladay needs to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Hell no. Does that mean he's bad? Hell no. It means he's, it means he's not, he's not. He's not Julio Jones 2.0. So this is one of those things, and, and you and I have talked about this. I, I often, and so this part we haven't talked about, but you know it. I often ask <laughs> questions to further the discussion, right? Questions mm-hmm. that sometimes are dumb or whatever, but that that, right. that create a conversation about something. This stuff, you and I have talked about Kenny Galladay, and this is a point. Kenny Galladay, I think, has a potential of really splitting fans and when when yes. contract time comes, because there's, I think, a lot of people that truly overvalue him and what he can do based on this year. I would be more than happy to be proven wrong in 2020 by a Kenny Galladay that just grows 10 times and just is a, is, is a monstrosity. Right. And and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong here. I absolutely am. But we we've talked about this. He's just not all that. The hype that he gets is maybe not as deserved as 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 what he receives. Kenny Galladay yes. is, is a good receiver. He's not a top money receiver. We'll see what happens this year. But I have a feeling if we come out, we wind up with a maybe a seven and I'm just making this up, right? A seven and nine season. Um, Sheila Ford Hamp decides to keep. I always want to flip it. Hamp Ford uh, d- decides to, <laughs> uh, to to keep uh, Quinn and Patricia. And then, you know, Kenny wants too much money and goes somewhere else. Uh, that that series of events i think would just be you'd just be absolutely horrific uh because Can i tell you what i'm hopeful for are gonna be too happy um, about and, and i'll, ahead, I'll yeah. put my cleveland browns head on here for a second jarvis landry got that treatment from the browns um he was overpaid they paid my well miami paid him too much and they traded him to cleveland as a result his first year in cleveland he was the same way a lot of fans were were enamored that he got a lot of touches but at the same time oh he's God, he's not as good as advertised um, and wasn't making the money. Last year, we saw a, Jar- a different Jarvis Landry, a guy who upped his game. And can Kenny Galladay do that? Yes, he can. Kenny, Kenny can work on the little nuances like getting open without pushing off, like, like you know, releasing off the line better, having better footwork in space. Those are things he can do that, to tangibly get as, better as a receiver, even if his numbers aren't as good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, 
I hope, I really hope that happens because uh, the, the Jarvis Landry that I watched in, in in Cleveland last year, he did take it to another level after he had taken that that same sort of heat from fans. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, God, I'm hopeful that that happens for 19 because aside sure. from the fact that 19 is my favorite number, it's what I wore <laughs> when I played sports. I really like Kenny Galladay. He's a draft find. He's a guy that I championed them taking. I was excited when they yeah. got him. I'm excited with what he's done. Just don't put him on a pedestal that he's not ready to be at yet, but he could climb he could there. He could and that's, that's the hope is that he does climb yep. there. Yep. All right. Um, I will say I got an unpopular opinion. I'm going to throw out there, but please hear me uh-huh. out. I, I think that Calvin Johnson was massively overpaid too. And oh, I don't yes. want us to do that. And, and look, I love Calvin. I love everything he did. I don't, I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm working from, from my memory, which is basically my heart right now. Cause I loved him to death. He didn't live up to early Calvin Johnson. Right, he didn't he live up still, to what he signed he, for, and he didn't honor the contract. He retired. It's his choice. I get it, but all that hurt this team for a long time. It cost this team a lot of money, and we just didn't get what we paid for in that they situation. They overshot the wide receiver market by yep. fifty million dollars. The market yep. still isn't where they put it. In what that was, I believe, it was two thousand fourteen. They paid him that. That was a colossal. That that was Tom Lewand, by the way. Yep. Um, that that white that was belt, not Martin Mayhew. Shoes. That was Tom Lewand, uh, a name that I never want to have to say again. White belt, white shoes. <laughs> if your dad wears white shoes, tool. you probably have siblings you don't know about. Um, white dress shoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh no. Sorry about that. Um, oh my yeah. Goodness. No. Again, I love Calvin to. Death. Yes, but Calvin was the he, best wide receiver in the NFL for, a, a, paid for. a fair yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. still overpaid him. Yeah, we didn't get what we paid for. It can both be true. So there you go. All right. So uh, with that, Riz, I know we're running on on, on time. What can we go ten till? Yeah, okay. let's do that. All right, yeah. we're going to skip around the division, guys. I'm sorry about that. We we got a breakdown of the division, what's happened. We will kick that into next week, but we'll we got some good week. stuff. We'll know more next week, too, because uh, there was a couple things that happened in other camps today that we will have to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, but we got we got a good, deep breakdown, and we're going to take you out of that around the division and what's happened in the other camps and, and on the other teams in the offseason, and we're going to take you into kind of a little bit of a prediction zone for where we think the Lions are. That's a long conversation. We just don't have time to do it. We rushed as much as I could. I'm sorry. I do. Do have to talk yep. to about uh, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Uh, I hate to go into that after saying we're going to have to cut out <laughs> some of the content. But um, look, if you're not feeling great, if you can't get to sleep, I'm telling you, CBD is is the key. Holy cow. It's for me. I, I wake up. Now, I tell you straight up, I wake up. I'm, I'm groggy for three minutes. I have that, that kind of cloud of like, oh, but it goes it goes right away. I get up. I walk down the hall to, to start work and uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, I'm cool. And it goes away. But the deep sleep and the regenerative sleep is crazy how much you get. It's not like it's a different kind of sleep. You feel so much more efficient um, with CBD. Um, I've been listening, lifting weights. Like I said, it's great for the after workout pains. I'm, I'm sore right now, but not nearly as sore as I was about two hours ago. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great stuff. They, they have the cream that you can rub on the spot that works great. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you're looking for any of that kind of stuff, I recommend the gummies. Uh, if you're going to go to sleep, uh, the creams are great for the sore muscles, the whole thing. It is an absolutely wonderful product. It doesn't get you high. That's why it's legal in 50 states. It has all the, it feels like everything but the high, uh, for, I've been told. Um, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff for your body. I tell you, it's, and it's all natural. So cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com if you want to try that out. Great sales going on right now. Make sure you do that. All right. Um, 
We got to call in the Lions line. I want to cover that uh, case. All right. uh, Riz, sorry. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to call, cover that because it was a uh, it was kind of a big deal. So let's take this call right now. Hey guys, I just wanted to call in. I wanted to get your uh, opinion on the latest um, HBO Hard Knocks, where they're doing the uh, Chargers and the Rams at the same time. This is the first year where they've actually done this, where they have multiple teams. And I wasn't sure how I would like that. I actually like it. I think it's kind of cool because I think the Rams are kind of boring. When they did them a few years ago and it was dedicated to them, I thought it was a pretty forgettable hard knocks. But this year, I still think they're boring and the Chargers are more interesting. But it's kind of like we're getting the best of uh, the Rams stuff. They don't have to dedicate a whole hour to it. It's just 30 minutes instead of an hour. And going back and forth, I don't know, guys. I kind of like it. I think, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm curious to see if anybody else likes it, too. So I'm thinking this might be something that they do going forward. Maybe they're picking two teams in the future instead of one. I don't know. What do you guys think? I like it. Actually, I do know I like it. Do you guys like it? What do you think? I'm curious. Let me know. I wish he would identified himself. I want to give him a lot of credit. It's awesome. A um, couple things about that. Love the two teams set up. And I know they did it in L.A. because they're out of Culver City. S. Right. S. Dean. Uh, and, and those are local teams. So the true, the crew travel, they had to make decisions when COVID was way more right. unknown it, than it, it is. Was, it was very convenient for them to do Los Angeles yep. this year. I'm disappointed, though, because um, Dallas works out and does their stuff out there too. And I'll tell you what, the, uh, Dallas is closer to the Rams than the Chargers are. And it would have been nice to have a non-LA team just because it's They're just an Oxnard, yep, right? Oxnard. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's just, it feels too LA centric in, 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 as okay. a guy who, who lived out there for 12 years. Uh, it still just feels too LA centric. And I lived there when we didn't have a team, uh, <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, he, <laughs> It, I love the I love the makeup. I, there's no preseason game, so they had to have something to to fill the time. Yeah. Absolutely, they can take the best of both and make it into a show. That's great. But let me tell you, I want to. I want. Go ahead, Riz. Give your review. I, I have. I have some. So thoughts I have. I, I haven't it. seen it yet. I don't have HBO. I can't afford it. So uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I should probably get caught up on YouTube. I know that they do put it up on there. Yep. Um, just speaking from the past, um, I only ever really watched it when I was on it. When they did the Browns, <laughs> when I saw myself in the background twice, I'm like, "Hey, that's me." Um, uh, for me, I I like it when they focus on the weird, the eccentricities. Like when the Browns were on, they they focus on Devin Devonka Juiced, who wound up retiring to master crystals, right? Um, and and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I see. I don't necessarily get tied up in the football part of it in the football meetings because I've seen that before in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's a different perspective. So I don't necessarily get as much out of it as, as the general fan would. I think that getting beyond the football, getting to know the people. And like you said, the eccentricities of the players and right. the coaches. Like Carl Nassib breaking down compound interest and his, his teammates just looking at him like, huh? <laughs> That's the kind of stuff yeah. I watch hard knocks for. Yeah. But watching them grow, some of them grow around that and internalize it and then start asking questions and stuff. And like, yes. like that, yeah, I love cool. that. And that's, that's the kind of stuff we talked about earlier. That's the camaraderie that, that gets built, right. um, with, with, with that stuff. So anyway, that, that now I want to talk about this because we talked about this a little before. Hard knocks every other year gets talked about 
like crazy, right? You have this buildup to football yeah. season. You yeah. have the Hall of Fame game, the preseason, hard knocks is going, right? And there's all this conversation about all those the all these things. I understand that Twitter is just an eyedropper of the so the the public's consciousness, but I'm not seeing anything, right? There's no preseason no. games, there's no hard knocks. And the other fa- the fact that so many people are working from home now, right? There used to be a lot of people that were kind of the the squishy in the middle, maybe not big football fans, but ah, I'm going to lunch with the guys, uh, you know, during the week. Ah, I got to go get, you know, hang around the water cooler. I got to be able to talk about some of these things. There's no football, right? They, they don't have to do that. They don't have to have that conversation. They don't have to, so if, and, and they've likely, as Kay said last time, found some other things to do because there's been no sports all this time. Um, I, look, I don't think the NFL is going to die, but look, if you saw a 10% dis, uh, reduction in eyeballs, that's a whole hell of a lot of people. And I think 10% is a, is a fair number based on everything else I'm seeing, right? Numbers I see on mine, numbers of others. Uh, I, I see, I think that's an absolutely fair assessment of what kind of hit the NFL could be taking this year. Now, could it change when those games finally happen and in the heat of the moment and there's not a lot going on with sports? Absolutely. But if the NBA is indicative at all, people are finding some other stuff. They're not the NBA, which should have a core fan base, right? Not like the NFL, not as big. I get it, but they still should have a core fan base. They're doing horrible. They're doing horribly in the, the in the ratings right now. And I've yeah. done my best because I've I've watched damn near every game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that no one is talking about hard knocks and there's just like a very it's a small community of people who are doing the training camp and so on. It's not like normal years this is really interesting to me it is different I, th- I think there's a lot of people that are that are still convinced that there's not going to be football this year well that's why uh, i am not i am not yeah. one of them i i i absolutely believe that the the texans and chiefs will kick off on on september 10th and i believe that the lions and the bears will absolutely kick off on the 13th beyond that i don't know but i there will be football oh, yeah. um and and it, there will be fans in the stands it will be weird It'll be awkward. Um, by the way, if you want to learn a little bit about the virtual fan experience, my son got to be one for the Rockets game in, in game two against the, the Thunder. I wrote about it at Real GM. It's up in the five cents. That's the last cent on there. Check that out before. Because uh, I, 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 there's a lot there that, that the NFL can use to help engage fans in the future, too. And they could call me. Actually, I could sure help them because they need it. There you go. All right. So, yeah. Hey, look, we'll talk about that more to, more as we go on. But I just think the general gestalt, I love that word now, of, oh, of, yeah. of, of the American public is not like it normally is around the NFL. And We got and a lot I, going on, Chris. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's implications for the cap and everything else going forward. Um which is the last topic, and I'll let you do it, and you can do it in two sentences, uh, Riz. Damn, I almost did it twice now. Um, Earl Thomas. <laughs> Just say no. Thank you. If the Ravens players, they're, 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 very, they're probably my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. If they think they're better without them, Detroit's better without them too. <laughs> Damn straight. Damn straight. All right, with that um, – we got a show win. It's it, we got you, you. Look, we got you an hour and ten, but we we have a hard stop. Thank you, Riz, for giving us a couple extra minutes. I know you have stuff you got to yeah. go do. Remember, folks, yeah, the show you. needs your involvement. <laughs> Use the comments and the subreddit. Let us know your feedback. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. 
A uh, little dollar a month gets you in there. You get the slack for not just Lions football, but we have stocks, we have baseball, we have basketball, we have college football. It's all in there. You can talk about all that great stuff. It's the most intelligent chat on any of those topics in the internet, 100%. No questions asked, uh, except for Wisco wanting you to cut your joists. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit okay. Lions podcast, and of course on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see the Riz. With no pants. That's right. Don't forget about the super chat when you're watching live. We love that. Thank you. If you want to just drop a couple bucks, drop a little dime, help your your friends out here. We can do that. We take that all the time and love it when you do that. Also, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions Podcast or call us on the Lions Line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667, and go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast right there from the homepage will show up in your ears automagically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.